What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bear, owner of Bear Performance Nutrition. And today we have a special guest, Dakota Meyer, flew his helicopter right in our front yard this morning. So welcome back to uh, back to BPN. No, thanks, man. Thanks for having me out here. I, you know, I love you, you have the perfect place to fly into. Um, it's so easy to get in. Well, you, you, you drive like so right now on this building that we're in down there working like there's construction workers. They've been here past couple of months are working on these new new suites they're building out every time you fly in those guys stop what they're doing for like yeah. the next hour yeah. you're gonna come out here one of these times they're putting like your helicopter on like a tractor trailer just rolling yeah. away. trying to take it with them yeah i know yeah like every time i come in like i've seen people actually they're like turning out to go on the main road out there turn around and come in here just to drive by to I see mean, what you don't I'm doing. you don't see like a helicopter just parked somewhere every day yeah i guess how is that like how's <laughs> how's the helicopter changed your life i mean it's you know, I live, it would take me probably an hour to get here driving, and it literally took me like nine minutes. That's awesome. You know, I mean, it just, it gives me so much more, you know, leeway to be able to go places. Like if I want to go to my buddy's ranch, it would be over, it'd be a two hour drive. It takes me 35 minutes. Me and my girls go out there. It, I mean, it, it's completely changed the whole dynamic of my life. It's just like convenience. Convenience. I mean, I can land it anywhere. I can take it anywhere. I use it for work, right? Like if I need to go to Dallas, instead of taking three and a half to four hours, depending on traffic, it takes me an hour and 20 minutes tops, 30 minutes tops uh, to go up there in one way. You know, so it's just like it's changed my life so much. Well, it's like especially with the Austin area right now. Like even I've been on, I've been in Texas for it was like five, five going on six years right now. Yeah. And, like, just the way I've seen the Austin area grow, man, like, traffic even, we're 20 minutes north of the city, and we're getting hit hard with traffic. Yeah, traffic's crazy. I mean, I, like, I know this sounds crazy, but I think that you're going to see at some point, you know, people getting around more like this. You know, like, like I, I don't, like, it would really clear up a lot of the traffic. You know, you're starting to see Uber going, looking at doing stuff like this. Right. And um, it's, it's like a really... It gives you a freedom like you've never, you know, because you don't have to land at airports. You know, people are used to small planes and they think about flying. We have to land at airport. I mean, I can land this thing. I literally landed on the road. So me, my buddy was driving to his ranch and I was flying out there. And he calls me and he's like, I pulled over on the side of the road. I seen some people stranded past Lano. So like, there's nothing out there. And um, I said, well, what, what do they got? He's like, well, they need a ball joint to fix the front, you know, the front end of their truck. And I'm like, well, how far is it to go get that? And he's like, well, I, you know, it's way up. It was like an hour drive. And uh, I said, well, well, let's jump in the helicopter, leave them, like, take them back there and let them stay. And then, or we'll have a guy drive them, uh, him back with his, he had a woman with him. And I said, we'll just fly up, tell him to call O'Reilly's and pay for the part. And we'll land right by O'Reilly's. You run in there and grab the part and we'll take back off. And we landed actually on the side of the road on the road out there and gave them their parts to their truck. I mean, it's just, you know, but it, but it would have wasted the entire day trying to do that. And it oh, took yeah. us literally an hour tops. Well, think of, think of businesses went to air. Dude, if you were like a, a mobile mechanic in the air. Yeah. I mean, like ambulances, ambulances, medical support does it. Yeah. That's crazy though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, you know, the, and I didn't know as much as, you know, I've learned about it, but I mean, they, they check like they, like a lot of power companies check all their power lines from there. Like they do a lot of repairs out of helicopters, like guys hang off the side and are repairing, you know, these lines out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, all this stuff they do with helicopters, I had no clue. I mean, you think like, even like with a drone or like, say, say you're walking a piece of terrain, you get the highest piece of terrain, you have oversight, like, you know, you can see from the air. But you can't can't see on the ground. Exactly. I mean, the vis oh the visibility up there is just a whole it's a whole different layout. I mean, I've seen you like Instagram story and yeah. just like the the views. I mean, Texas is beautiful. Beautiful. You know, so like especially when you go out towards like the ranches and and like push west a little bit. So beautiful out there. Like it's so beautiful. But it's awesome. It's, I mean, it's changed my whole life. It's changed my whole life. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're kicking off this episode with a new series, and that is break the switch. And this is episode one with Dakota Meyer. And uh, essentially, we're going to uh, be documenting and transforming Dakota into, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, essentially. You know what? I, like, I get you could be like Arnold, but, like, I want to be my generation's Arnold, so I'll be like Nick Bear. 
Well, I mean, like, here's the best way to describe it. When I first got into weightlifting, I think a lot of younger kids do this too. I think it's like generational. Yeah. When I was like 18, 19 years old, I wanted to be as big and strong as possible. Mm-hmm. We were having this conversation here at the warehouse the other day that you just want to be big and strong. Yeah. And like, you know, when you first get in the military, everyone wants to be big and strong. Yep. No one cares about being fast. It's not cool to be fast yeah. or fit. But I don't know if it's like generational, but it's also like the way like trends are moving where you want to be like this overall athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, you know, you only want to be big if you want to go for bodybuilding. Right. And then, yeah, this overall athlete, I mean, I, you know, like I'm not trying to train for necessarily anything. I just want to be able to do everything. Yeah. I mean, you want to be able to run if you want to run, bike yep. if you want to bike, swim, like, uh, Play with your kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and not feel, just and, you know, at the bottom bottom line is, like, I want to wake up and not feel like shit. Right. You know, like that's like that's what it comes down to. So we're like, let's go over like, what are your goals for for this objective right here? You know, like I want to, um, like my my goal is to like I I want to get my body fat off. Like I want to get down to where like I'm thin, uh, but I want to keep my like I want to keep like my problem is every time I start to lose weight. I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm like weak. I'm starting to look small. Like, forget it. Like, I want to go back to like lifting, and uh, and plus, I hate eating. Like, I hate eating. I don't eat enough, and then I, when I do eat, it's shit. So my goals would just be, you know, I want to feel a lot better. Like, that's my main goal is to wake up and feel a lot better, right? Like, to not be so heavy. Probably get down to what do you think I'd be good at? Two ten. What are you sitting at right now? Probably two thirty seven, two thirty eight. I'd say like 210, 215 would be a good short-term goal Yeah. to get there. To get like 210, 215, see where I'm at and see how I feel. So like, was, is there a point in your life you remember like feeling the way you want to feel now? I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, cause like I went to the Marine Corps right after I got out of high school. Right. And I played football sports. I mean, I was always playing a sport in high school and then, and I could wake up and do whatever. You know, when I was, I mean, obviously in high school, you just wake up and do whatever. And then I went to the Marine Corps and I was in really good shape. Like I was in right before I went to Afghanistan, I was in the best shape I've ever been in. And, uh, I, I can't remember since then, you know, but I mean, I've got like, I've had right shoulder surgery, you know, my lower back, I've got four herniated discs in my lower back. So like a lot of that is like, that always keeps me from doing it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I've had you know, a, a lot of TBIs. And I just figured out my test was like, I was like, why am I so tired every day? You know, I'm not drinking. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not, like, I'm not making bad decisions. And uh, I went and got my test level checked and it was it. I mean, it was low as below 200. And so- Are you on TRT now? So I'm on TRT now. Uh, my doctor got me on that. And I, I just, they, they just put these pellets in me a week ago today. And uh, so I'm trying the pellets instead of the injections. And I got to tell you, like probably- Last, when was it? Last Thursday, I woke up, and probably about noon, about lunch, I said, this is exactly how I want to feel. Like, for the first time in I don't know how long, I got up without my alarm clock. Like, I actually got out of bed, and I was ready to go. Like, I was motivated. I felt so good. My mood was so much better. I mean, I felt a huge difference, like, four days, three or four days after do you still feel like that right now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've woke up every single day feeling amazing. This is interesting because um, one of our ambassadors for Bear Performance Nutrition, Nick Kumulatos, yeah. uh, former Marine, multiple deployments, TBIs. This is like same situation where like um, it's, you know, you take someone like off the street that wants to get in shape and you put them through a training program. To put someone through that same training program, like you and Nick, who have been like through deployments and TBIs, where like all these TBIs and stress have like killed your natural testosterone production. Yeah, you can't put someone through the same training routine and diet as another person. So like, we put Nick through a training program and a diet like a year ago now, and he got he got shredded through the process. Yeah, but it's like identifying those those different things that you're experiencing. It's like okay, well we need to take this into consideration. Yeah, for your plan. Yeah. So he got on TRT, and he's been on for a while now, but he said that, that changed his life. Like, I I had uh, – I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, have I took tests – I mean, I've took tests, you know, multiple times off the street, right? And, uh, you know, but that's not – it ain't regulated. I mean, you never know what you're getting. I mean, they're probably filling that shit up in a bathtub or something, right. you know? And and just to go down there, I went with the doctor, and he – you know, I asked him after we get, did the blood test, he said, man, I see exactly why – 
why you're not wanting to wake up in the mornings, like why you're so tired. And I, I'm telling you, I haven't felt as good as I feel now. I, I can't tell you how long it's been. So you've been on TRT for how long now? So I've been on it for a, a week right now. And so, you know, I just got back on it last Monday. But, I, I mean, I already feel, I feel so good. Like, I, I mean, I don't even feel like the same person. Has that changed your weight at all? It, no, it, not, my weight hasn't fluctuated at all uh, in the you know in the last week. But my, I tell you this, my attitude's a lot better. My my mindset, my mind is not as like it's my mind's clear. Like yeah, I mean, I feel so much different. Like so much different. Yeah, I mean, it, it essentially, like when your when your natural testosterone production decreases and lower, yeah. it's almost like you're functioning at someone who's like 70, 80 years old. Right. Exactly. And it's like, why why am I? Why am I tired? Why am I like not recovering? Yeah. I mean, this probably had something to do with when you had the rhabdo. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't think it doesn't have, you know, a factor to it, you know, that piece of it. And then I started taking, uh, I was really, really low on vitamin D as well. So like I'm taking vitamin D, uh, every day for like natural testosterone yep. production help yep. hormones. Yeah. Yeah. So like all that. So it's, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have to think that the rhabdo, I think I have to think that it had something to do with the rhabdo as well. Right. Right. I mean, there's, they're probably. There's probably uh, a lot of factors to it, but yeah, they're probably like together. But, but while we're on that topic, let's like, let's talk about that. Cause yeah. a few weeks ago or months ago, you went from, you know, you, you wanted to get in shape and I guess you, you jumped in it too fast. Yeah. July. So I came here and I was like, we were going to, we were going to do this in July. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got the training program. I got the meal, you know, the meal program, nutrition. And I went to the gym. I started, I went on Saturday and I'd been running, like I'd been running like, you know, quite a bit, more than I ever had in a long time. And I went to gym on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I mean, it wasn't even, like I didn't even go crazy, right? I mean, I was just trying to get back in the routine and just, you know, get the, get it, just get through it. And I woke up that Sunday night, probably like one in the morning, and I couldn't even roll over in my bed. I remember you texting me. <clears throat> yeah, I texted I, you. I was thinking, I remember, I said like, it could be Rabdo. But I was like, there's no way. Yeah. In my did. head, I was like, there's no way. You did. That's what you said. You're like, it could be because you're the first person that I text. And and I was like, man, like, what is wrong with me? And I was like, well, maybe I'm just sore. Maybe I'm just way out of shape than what I thought. And then I went to the bathroom. And I think that's when I text you right after that. And I'm like, dude, something's not right. Yeah, I remember that. And I, uh, I went to the bathroom and I, I, you know, I went to pee and it looked like Coke. And, you know. You can mess with me on a lot of things, but I know that urine is a direct reflection of what's going on inside your body. So, right. like, you know, if your kidneys are going, then something's wrong. Well, when you texted me, you said your your urine was dark. So I was like, okay, well, maybe. That's when I was like, okay, well, it might be Rabdell. And I was like, well, we'll. I was like, you might be dehydrated. Let's just, like, keep assessing it. Yeah, because you kept asking me how much water I've been drinking. Yeah, I was like, you get some electrolytes in you. Yeah. I should have been like, yo, send me a picture of your peak. Yeah, like, how I know, dark it I know. Is. <laughs> So, so I, uh, I got up the next day, you know, just like we normally do. And I, I had a meeting in me and knives actually had a meeting in, uh, Phoenix. And I knew I was really messed up when knives was literally having to open the door or close the door on the rental car. Like I couldn't even, I, I, I couldn't even get my backpack on and off. You know, I couldn't even move my arms enough. My chest and arms, just my whole upper torso, just, it was the worst pain I felt in a long time and I knew I, was, I knew I was really jacked up but I was like oh don't worry about it like I'll like surely if I just keep drinking water you know I'll be all right right and it just my urine just kept getting darker and darker and finally we're sitting in this meeting with these three other people and I looked at him and I text my doctor my doctor's like go get go to any uh, place to get your blood drawn right now and so I, I just told knives I didn't even tell you I didn't even tell him I was going to get um I didn't even tell him what I was doing. I said, hey, I'm going to go get some lunch real quick. I'll, I'll be back here in just a little bit. And I drive over there, and I go in. They pull my blood. And so theirs would only read a CK level, which is your creatine kinesis, I think. Right. Um, they would It would only read up to 5,000. And the doctor came back in. He's like, you got rhabdo. He's like, it's over 5,000. We can't. It's off the chart. And I told you that. I text you, and you're like, oh, yeah, I just talked to my buddy, and he'd seen a guy last week that had 20,000. I'm like, oh, so, man, I am just weak. And uh, <laughs> it felt like shit. <laughs> and so the doctor came in and shot me with more. He's like, I, he's like I'm going to admit you to the hospital. And I said, no way. I said, I've got to. i got to get back home. I'm, if I'm going to be in the hospital, it's going to be at home, not yeah. in Arizona. And uh, he said, all right. So he shot me with morphine, and then he gave me, uh, like, two bags of IVs. 
and knives came and got me. We went and got on the plane, and I got home, and that night I was like, oh, I'm not going to go to the hospital. Like, man, I got two bags of IVs. I'll be all right. And when I landed, I felt like shit. And I didn't tell anybody. I drove straight to the ER room at Baylor Scott & White, um, pulled in there, and the doctor read it. And theirs would read to 25000 and he said, it's above 25,000. We're admitting you to the hospital right now. So I was in the hospital for like seven days. Yeah, I remember you were, you were there for a hot minute. I was there for a hot minute. So finally it got, you know, when it came below, then I went to another hospital that they, theirs would read like 29,000 and it was above that. So like it finally got, the, it got back on the charts at, at day seven. They said if, if they could see it on the chart come from 29, you know, get down that they would let me go home. And so finally, seven days later, it came below 29. So that was July. That was July. And so then, I, you know, I'm trying to train for this marathon. I wanted to do the Marine Corps Marathon. And you did it. You did the Marine Corps Marathon. <clears throat> and I still did it. You know, I, I, but I just, every time I tried to work out after that, man, I felt like if you've ever had like dehydration or if you've ever like gotten too hot outside and then you try to go back and do it again in the heat and don't recover, like that's what it felt like every time I tried to work out. Like just my whole body was drained. It was, it was, it's the worst I'd felt. And how long did it take to recover after that? You know, like I, I don't think I started recovering until, I mean, I think, I think I was recovered, but I think mentally there was that mental block too. Like I did not want to go back in the hospital. That's like, it's like after an injury. Yeah. Like you don't want to, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to push it. Right. And, um, so finally I had this, I had come to this point, I'd made this commitment to myself about going to run the Marine Corps marathon. And, and I was just, I don't know. I was in this spot, man. Like I literally trained after July until the Marine Corps marathon in October. I maybe ran five times, maybe five times. Cause every time I ran, I felt like shit, but I just told myself, I'm like, if I don't go run this Marine Corps marathon, I'm not making any more promises to myself. I'm not going to commit to anything else. Like I'm not going to, I just like, I got to myself and I said, you know what, I'm going to go there and I don't care if I finish in six hours. I don't care if they shut down and it's dark and I'm crawling to where the finish line is. Like I'm going to go there. And if I have to walk the entire thing after mile one, like I'm going to go finish this and that's what it's going to be. And so I flew out there. I had no clue. I didn't think I was going to finish it. I, I, I mean, I knew I would finish it, but I didn't know how I was going to finish it. How fast, yeah. How fast. And, um, but I said, if I, but I told myself, I said, if I don't go out there, I'll like, don't ever make a commitment again. Like I had told myself I was going to shut my YouTube down. I was going to shut my vlog, like all my social media down. I was going to like, if I didn't go run this marathon and come across the finish line at some point, whether it was in that day or the next day, that I had to shut everything that I have down of being an influencer to anybody else if I didn't go do it. Because, I mean, I think it comes with, it's a responsibility. It's a, it is. And that's the, that, that was the part of it. It was a responsibility to, you know, to not sit here and lead people and, and inspire people, but you can't live by your own, your own method of life. Right? right. And so I told myself, I said, look, you made this commitment, you know, like how many more times are you going to let yourself down? Right. You'll go do commitments for everybody else but you won't even do a commitment for yourself. And so I, did, I told myself, I said, if I, don't, if I don't finish this marathon, and it's fine, if you don't wanna do it, don't do it. But if I don't do that, then I have to shut, I have to delete all my accounts. Like I have to, I have to get rid of all of it. Was that the, the furthest you ever run? <clears throat> the furthest, I, well, I mean, it's the furthest I've ever ran. Yeah, as far as like something like that. Right, yeah. what, what, do you, what would you say like was the furthest you ran before that? Um, I mean, pro outside of the Marine Corps or before the Marine, in the Marine Corps? I'd say in the Marine Corps. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've, like, I've gone, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've ran, I think I've ran probably further than that in the Marine Corps. Um, not that pace, right? I mean, I'm just saying over multiple days. Right. Um, but I'd say before, like, as far as like a straight up, just going out to run, the furthest I'd ran was 15 miles. And you were in different shape then? Yeah. See, like. As uh, I, I always encourage people to to do a marathon at least yeah. once in their life, because I think a marathon for a lot of people it's a very humbling experience. Oh, it, it 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 like I did a post afterwards about it, and that was the part to me. And in the Marine Corps marathon, obviously, it meant so much to me, right? Like, I, so I I agree with you. Run a marathon; it, it, it tells you a lot about yourself. But run a marathon that is like to a cause that means something to you, right? Right. Like I think that's even more powerful. You know, I went out there and I'm just, it, it, pour, like, it was raining before I got there. 
it was pouring down rain, nasty weather, and all these people are standing out there cheering. And there were like so many segments of it, you know, like, cause it, they, they put the mile signs up right on, on the right. And it tells you mile one, mile two. And I don't know if that helps or hurts, but, uh, you know, I, uh, and I think in the beginning it helps, but towards the end, it's, it's like, it's like, man, when's this next mile? <laughs> how long is this mile? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how many times I kept asking myself, how long is this mile? Exactly. And, uh, but it was really cool. You know, you start, you start down there, you go, you know, you, you see the Pentagon, you hit the Lincoln Memorial, like you go past all these things that like are the foundation of who America is. And then there was this one part, I didn't know it was there, but it like, <clears throat> I was, I was starting to, I wasn't really struggling, but I was starting, the rain was kind of getting to me. And, uh, <clears throat> I, uh, I hit this one part, man. And it was called the, uh, I don't know. It was like the, the blue part or blue area. And it was all the Marines that had died and um, OIF and OEF. And you're just running through there and you're seeing like your friends, the pictures of your friends on the side of the road, you know? And it was like, like I, I didn't know it was good. I didn't know it was going to be there. Right. And so, you know, you just get that and then you just start seeing these people, like you're suffering in the rain because you want to. But you see all these people out there cheering for no reason. Like literally standing out there and just, hanging out in this rain just to see other people succeed just to see other people like accomplish their goals and i think like this whole thing i wrapped it up and i'm like man this is the epitome of what america is supposed to be about right like they didn't care if you're republican or democrat they didn't care who you were or what your goal were they didn't even know what your goal was but all these people are standing out there in the pouring down rain to help you achieve your goal i mean how crazy is that there's there's no there's no option to be like weak at points like that. No, no. I mean, you look around, and and I think it just also shows you and reinforces the purpose of, or the the point of surrounding yourself with great people, right? People who inspire you and people who are there to push you to be the best you. I mean, you talk about in the marathon. I'll never forget. I, uh, there's this bridge, and it was like at mile 20. And I text my buddy the night before, and I'd asked him. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm running my marathon. You got any you got any ideas? And it's Lance Armstrong, and he said, he said, uh, well, just know this that the first 20 miles is the first half and the last six is the last half. That's true. And I, I thought that was like, whatever, right? Like, no. I was fine up till mile 20, and I hit this bridge, and it was the longest mile of the whole thing. And it's the only time that I just went to this, like, dark spot. I mean, I'm telling you, I went into the back of this cave, and I was so dark that I just, I could hear... I could feel every aspect of it. I could feel every little rock. I mean, I just, it was, it was so terrible. And the last six miles sucked. Like, it was bad. Hit your wall. I hit my wall. I hit my wall. I, mean, I felt fine up until then, and I hit my wall. And it was just, at that point, it was just surviving. You know, like, you just get to that point. Surviving. I mean, you just ran, a, you just ran a, an Ironman. I mean, how many, like, how many walls did you hit? To be honest, like, I, I was fine for the first 10 hours. It was, I hit my wall at mile 13 on the marathon. And, you, I mean, you go to a dark place where it's like those, like, you know, in the beginning you're moving. It's like mile, mile, mile. Oh, we're booking. Yeah. And you hit that wall and it's like each mile feels like forever. Yeah. And the reason I think I enjoy it so much, like, like you said, if you're running for a cause and there's something you're running for, like Marine Corps Marathon, that obviously has a, a massive part you know, in your blood. Yeah. Well, for the Ironman, I was, I was running for my mom. He recently oh, wow. passed away, right? So, like, even when I was sucking, and you can probably raise this, even when you're sucking, yeah. you're like, well, you have you have the opportunity to hurt because you're still alive. Yeah. So it's like this is a reminder that I'm still alive. Yeah. It's like you gotta embrace that, man. You know, like so, so you feel it, and like, oh man, this hurts. Yeah. But at least I can feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least you're able to go do it. Yeah. And then you see, I mean, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've seen this, but I mean, at the Marine Corps Marathon, they're like pushing, like you got people running by you. I mean people with no legs and they're like, like they're, they're pushing themselves in a wheelchair. And then you got people who, you know, you got people with prosthetics passing you. And then you, you know, at the Marine Corps marathon, they also have, you know, like people in these, um, they're pushing these, they're like, I don't know what they're called, but, um, you know, like someone handicapped is in this, this like, it's almost, it's not a stroller, but it's kind of like a, it's it's one of those three wheel. Yeah. I've seen it before. Yeah. And they're 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 running with that, and you you know you start thinking about you're hurting, 
And then you're looking over and you've got this person with a disability in this passing you, cheering you on. And you're like, man, I got no problems. I think it's one of those things when you, when you realize that. Yeah. So you look at people that have like a disability and they're going through an event like this. And it's like, well, you have, you have an advantage over them. But why are they going through so strong? That's when you realize, well, the human body is capable of so much. Yeah. But what happens is, like, people rely on their body and their mind just gives up on them. So, like, that person that might be running on one leg that's trucking by you, they're hurting just as bad as you are. They're probably hurting worse than you. Yeah. But their mind is just, like, driving them through. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, nobody goes and runs a marathon and doesn't hurt. Right. No, no, nobody. Like, there's not a person that goes out and runs a marathon and, like, ends it and says, man, I feel great. You know, I mean, you might feel great, like, in regards to you just ran a marathon, but, like, you're going to feel it, you know? Well, I remember my first marathon, uh, Austin Marathon 2017. Yeah. I was like, you know, it's not, it's not going to be that bad. Like, I trained up for it, and I remember hitting it was, like, mile 18, and I was like, holy shit. Like, mm-hmm. I, got, I got eight more miles to do them, so I'm sucking right now. Yeah. Cramping up. And my second marathon, same thing. This Going into this Austin Marathon... Um, the guy I've talked about, I'm trying to qualify for Boston. So that's going to hurt on a different level. Like I'll be conditioned better than I ever had before. Yeah. But like trying to hold like a 650 minute per mile pace for 26.2 miles. Yeah. It's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to hurt and real like, bad. And your, your body's going to want to slow down at some point. Yeah. But do you, but do you think, I mean, I, I think it's really unique to see, cause I recognize and I identified it is like, it's your mind, like your body will push through it. I mean, your body, you can go, I mean, your body can run a, a 650 mile. Right. But it's more about conditioning that mind. Because, I mean, the whole time, you know, the one thing that always shows up, it's never late. It's the only thing in my life that's never late. And I'd say the same thing for you. It's never late. It's always there. Sometimes it comes early and it it's it's consistent. Is your mind trying to tell you, don't do this? Well, your, your physical body it w- was built to be able to go pretty far. Yeah. But what happens is like your, your body sends these, these impulses, your mind saying like this hurts, stop, this hurts, stop, this hurts, stop. Yeah. And there's people like genetically that are messed up that don't get those impulses. So like they'll go until like, must be nice. I, I think I read like this one study or something. Must where, be like, like Tim Kennedy. They were able to turn that off in someone. And it was like, they took like uh, a medicine. It, it, there was a study done. I came across, they were able to turn that like sense off. And people would go until collapse. Really? When it's like, well, they were able to go so much further than everyone else because their mind just wasn't able to turn it off. I, I need to figure out how to do that. I think it's like, but, tra- it's like training it. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, so I agree with you. Like, I think that back, you know, when I was in the Marine Corps, like, I had that. Like, that, like there, was no, there was no stopping. There was no, I mean, it didn't matter whether it was a workout. I mean, everything I did was... 150 percent and was it was like you could guarantee whether it was a workout or whether it was you know in a class learning or going to a school or whatever it was I was leaving every bit of it on the field and I you know it's just you get to this this part and I Goggins said it I was listening to him this morning and Goggins you know he talks about we become domesticated and the worst thing that you can do as a man is become domesticated and it's like you got to keep that savage part in you of just wanting to go get more, you know. He talks about this dog, right? He, t- he says, uh, he says, you ever notice like your dog, it doesn't matter how much you feed it, it's still hungry. It never, it never gets full. And he's like, you got to have that dog mentality of just, and that's what I want to go back to. You know, I've been, Goggins, I listen to his stuff a lot. And he, like me and him have like the same, we're kind of like, we're, we're kind of raw and, and rough around the edges, that same style, right? And I mean, he just says so many things. It's like, I just got to get back. But I was also always surrounded by that in the Marine Corps. I mean, everybody around me was, they would all collapse. And, you know, it's like, I agree with you. It's like, how do you train just as much as training your body to get back in that shape? How do you train to get your mind back in that same shape? Well, I think it's like, for me, I don't think this is for everyone, right? Like, I, I think like for me, for example, you run a marathon, I do 100 mile ruck march, I do the Ironman, and you get that taste of that pain cave. 
Some people will say, I never want to touch that again. The pain cave. Some people will say, like, how do I get, it's like a drug. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's pulling all these endorphins. Like when I, when I get that feeling, it like pulls endorphins from me. Yeah. So like you constantly search for that. And I think we're the same way where it's like, once you get to that point, you don't run from it. Like it's, it sucks and it hurts the moment. But like once it's done, you've recovered. So, Matt, I want a taste of that again. I don't know why, but I know I do. So I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I left the Marine Corps Marathon, and that like that night, you could imagine how I felt after not training. And well, I saw you were in like some compression boots. Yeah, I yeah. did some compression boots, and um, I came home that night. And I mean, my time was terrible. It was like 5:18 or something like that. I came home that night, and then less than a week later, like I signed up for two more marathons, just because like I want to go. I like. I don't care. Get how, after it. I don't care how fast I finish it. And I told myself I don't care if I train or not. Like I I'm gonna go feel that. It's like the recertification that you can do it. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like that recertification of it, it's it, it doesn't I don't care what everybody else thinks about my time. I don't care about, you know, any of that. Uh, I'm running my own race, I'm doing it for me, but it's it's like a recert of okay, like I still got that in me. There's still that switch in there that if I want to go somewhere dark, I can go a lot darker than most people. Yeah, I think that's what this whole this whole break the switch thing is all about. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's the problem with so many people is like they control their their discipline like this switch mm -hmm. we talked about before. They turn it on. They're like they watch they go watch a, a movie or a video like oh shit I'm gonna get the best shape of my life. Yeah, and they go out and train and they're like man this this hurts. Yeah, well let's go have a cheat meal tonight. Switches off turn it on and turn it off and they just like fuck around with this switch yeah so you turn that switch on and you you break that switch there's no turning back it's like oh shit how do i turn this you can't turn it off yeah. you gotta live with that switch yeah so i think that like if people adopt that mindset or like you don't have like for example like one of the things i'm doing right now is these ice baths i don't <coughs> know if you've seen uh, yeah i've been watching dude i gotta get you in that ice bath i mean i'll tell you man like, it's it's 34 degrees right now and it has some like some benefits for recovery and like mental clarity and just like getting up and moving. But like the main reason I love it every day is because I wake up, I walk in my garage, my garage is cold. The last thing I want to do is get in a 34 degree bath. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm going to get in this thing. I'm going to hold it for three minutes. And afterwards I'm like, that's just, the, that's a, that starts the day. Right. You discipline yourself every day. To do something that, way. that sucks. Yep. And then the rest of the day is on the right foot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you, you know, like, but you know, we talk about this breaking the switch mentality and obviously we've done it. I mean, you know, we served and like, like you've done so many things. Like we both have, we both know we can do it. Right. But like, what do you think for the, the average person out there? I mean, what do you think is the key part to breaking the switch? Like to, to how do they know they broke it? You know, because, because you could, you could think, oh, I broke it and then get on a, you know, do it for two weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know, well, the switch got flipped back. Yeah. Like, what do you think is the key component inside of you or in your mind that, that breaking that switch is? I think you have to have goals set, mm -hmm. like established goals. Yeah. So like for you right now, your goal is you want to get to a certain weight yep. or you have a certain feeling. For example, it could be like you want to run this marathon mm -hmm. or you want a 5K, yeah. half marathon, half Ironman. Like you have to have a goal established. So like, and then you sign up for it right away. Like yeah. do something that you have to commit first. Commit. You got to commit first, right? You have to commit to something. And you write that somewhere, like my weight, my goal weight is 210 pounds, like yeah. marathon, this date. And every day you see that. And like you have to hold yourself accountable or have someone else hold you accountable. Yeah. But like if you just go into it saying, I just want to get in better shape. Well, you could work out once and say, I feel a little better. Yeah. Like, yeah. but like you have to have goals established that are already, you're committed to. And when you, when you break that switch, you just wake up every day, like look at it, like mm -hmm. write down somewhere saying, all right, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Well, you know, like, like I, I'll tell you the other thing, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. You know, one thing that I've had, and, and when I catch myself like, like quitting on workouts of being like, I'm not going to work out today, or I'm not going to do that run today. It's because I don't want to see the results. You don't want to see like your time. Yeah. Like, like, like I, you know, I, so many times, I mean, if you look, there's not much in life that you really get an accurate reading of where you're at because of the decisions that you've made. There's nobody to blame about why you're out of shape. There's nobody else to blame of why you're overweight or why you're not where you're at except yourself. 
And you only do that by working out and by physical activities. And so I think that's why a lot of people, I know for me, a lot of times I don't want to go run or go to the gym because I don't want to see how weak I am. I don't really want to see the answer, like the, the results of my bad decisions. Objective first, subjective. So like, it's a good way, to, good way to point it. Like people will, will be online and someone says, you're fat. Yep. And then you're like, well, that's your opinion. But if there was a scale you stepped on and said, this scale says you're fat, it's objective. Yes. And, and that's the same thing that every time you go to the gym, right? Every time you want to quit on a rep or every time you don't do the weight or, you know, every time you eat, you know, you drink the night before, you don't want to go to the gym the next day because you don't want to see the results of your, you know, of your actions. And there's only one person to blame. And there's nobody to blame about why you're fat or all this. Like, I get pissed off when people call me fat. But guess what? I look in the fucking mirror every day and I know that I'm fat. And it's like, it's it's one of those deals of like, you don't want to go face the reality of what you have done to your own body and how far you have let yourself go off of where you want to be. It's it's like, um, it's like the 12-step program, essentially. Yeah. First is like acceptance, right? Yep. So like you have to accept like, okay, I need to get in shape. Mm -hmm. Like this is where I'm starting at. Yep. These are my numbers. Yep. But I think the hardest part is from day one to like your first actual prog progressive piece. When you see that first progressive piece, when you step on the scale and say like, I lost three pounds or like I, I bench pressed 10 more pounds. When you see that progress, it's like, oh man, I want more of that. Yeah, and it's like addicting. But in the beginning, it's tough when you don't see that. It is, it is, and it takes some time, right? And then, and then you know what I've always seen is is like you'll get like you know the first month you'll have some really good results, and then after that it kind of starts to slow down. Like your body, you know, it gets that shock phase, and then it starts to slow down, and then you don't see as many results, and you're like, well, what you know, why is it worth it? You know, right? Like that's kind of like that's kind of where I like I usually get through a month, and then it's like, what's next? Well, I think like establishing a plan for you, because you travel a lot. Yeah. You travel more than probably anyone else I know. Yeah, I'm on the road a lot. Like every every day I hop on Instagram, I see a story like traveling today. Ask me well, I'm questions. Still, I'm still sharing my location with you, so all you gotta do is look at my location. I'm a, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> so I think like for you, it's, and I think a lot of people relate to this. It's building a diet plan that is sustainable for your lifestyle with all yeah. the traveling you do. Yeah, I mean it's hard to eat healthy in an airport. Yeah. But here's the thing, I think this is where a lot of people fail on, on diets or training protocols is because they take where they're at and they get this plan that's complete 180 and it's it's not adaptable. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like the game plan moving forward for you is, okay, let's look at like what a typical day looks like for you, when you like to eat, yeah, and then we'll plan out meals for that. So like one of the things I like doing in the morning, and I don't know how you're going to feel about this, is like I will just do proteins and fats in the morning yeah because what i find personally is when i throw some carbs in the morning i start to get a little lethargic yeah and i can operate off of proteins and fats energy wise in the morning yeah like i felt good this morning you know i ate um i just had eggs and eggs white egg whites you know i had a couple a couple um uh, a couple eggs and then i just had like a cup of egg whites and i mean i feel i feel good on that the hard part for me is eating in the morning you're not hungry? Yeah, it just depends. Like it, it's a, and that's the other thing is like my schedule, not only am I traveling a lot, but my sleep schedule is not the same. So like my day, I don't have like a routine is there's no routine. And so that's the other hard part is like, I'm not waking up at six in the morning and then going to bed at 10 at night. So let's build it off this. A lot of times I'm going till one in the morning and then getting up at three for, you know, two weeks straight. And then you know, so it, it kind of just depends. But a lot of times in the morning, I can't eat a lot in the morning. You know, if, if it, and, and that's the other thing is, is if I eat in the morning and I don't feel good after that, mm -hmm. if I eat something that doesn't make me feel good or give me energy, I'll quit whatever I'm doing because I have to have energy because I have to get through that day of working. Right. I mean, you don't have to eat. If you wake up and you're not hungry, yeah. you don't have to eat. So the thing that I'm trying to, to build into like my personal brand and the people that we reach yeah. and like with your plan here too is I don't necessarily want to focus on like counting macros and calories and that so that like by the end of the day, if you're hungry and it's like, or if you're hungry and you hit all your macros and calories, you have nothing left. It's like, yeah. I just got to starve. It's miserable. Yeah. Right. So it's like, why don't we focus on quality food sources and how to choose quality food sources where you're at, give you options <coughs> so that like, if you're hungry at night, you have something to eat, but you don't have to rely on like Chick-fil-A or like, uh, 
Yeah, more like a practical, like more like a a practical, you know, not somebody who, you know, does, you know, is is a bodybuilder and does it for a living, right? Like the stay-at-home mom or the, you know, like it's it's something practical for real life. I think it's the problem with a lot of, like the coaching industry right now, like Mm -hmm. online coaches, they think everyone's a bodybuilder. All these online coaches come from like a bodybuilding background. So like someone just wants to feel better and get in shape. So it's like, okay, what are your macros? Uh, here's your cardio. Here's your training program. Here's your macros for the day. Yeah. What? No. No one. You're not trying to get on stage. You're trying to feel better. I've signed up for so many of those, man. And like I, and and, and you know the the thing they say back is, and this is where they lose me, is I'm like, look, I can't. I can meal prep, but I can't. I can't be flying around and I'm gone for six days and let me take 24 meals on an airplane with me, right? Like I, it just doesn't. It, it's not practical. And they're like, well, you know, or, or or how do you heat it up in an airport? Well, eat it raw, eat it cold. Yeah, I did that in Afghanistan. I, I don't have to do that anymore, so I'm not. Do, you know that? That's why yeah. it loses my interest, and I'm like, well, it's, maybe it's just not practical. Yeah, no. So I think like for your plan, what we're gonna do is it's not gonna be tr- tracking ca- calories or macros. Yeah. Uh, we'll focus on like quality food sources and real food, and real foods, and like kind of like timing wise, like when when you eat these things. Yeah. Uh, and more like, okay, I looked at my my day that I had. I've eaten this so far. I've eaten more carbs. Maybe I won't eat carbs for at night. I'll do some more like maybe meat and some fats. Yeah. So we'll build it out that way yeah. to make it more realistic and, and be able to follow. And then for training, I think like the training, like a training program for someone should be like what they enjoy. Yeah. So like what kind of training like do you enjoy? You know, I enjoy, I, I mean, I enjoy, every, I mean, I enjoy running. I enjoy uh, you know, cycling is harder. Like biking's harder because you can't bike. I mean, I can't take my bike on the road, right? Right. Um, I enjoy that. I enjoy um, CrossFit style workouts, right? Um, and then I enjoy lifting weights. I mean, all three. You know, the the program you get, like the the other program was really like it's it's awesome. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 spot on. Probably do it like four days a week at least. Yeah, the Embrace Suck training program. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like we'll run that, and then we'll throw in some extra cardio sessions here and there. Yeah. But like for me, like what what I found and I've absolutely loved the way my training and nutrition has transformed is I went from being that bro bodybuilder that tracked everything, meal every three hours, broccoli, rice, chicken, feeling like absolute garbage, like eating like 600 yeah. grams of carbs a day and like feeling like I'm just like sleeping to like focusing on quality food sources now, like whole real foods. And then training is like, well, if I want to go hit a, a workout in the gym, I'll do that. If I want to go for a run, I'll go do that. If I want to go bike or swim, I'll do that. Yeah. But it's like, you just like, Auto regulate your body. So, like, you, you come into a new day, well, my body feels beat down. Maybe I'll go for a swim today. Yeah. Or, like, my knees hurt. I don't want to run. Maybe I'll go to the gym today, hit upper body. So, like, we'll auto regulate workouts. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And kind of build it that way. And then to have, like, a, you know, what I thought would be cool is, is to have, like, a, a few workouts just in the can, like, not necessarily on the program, but, you know, like, okay, I don't have enough time to go get it get to the gym today. So I've got a skier, rower and a, you know, bike. Let's, you know, let's knock this out, right? Like to have some workouts to just knock out, you know? Yeah. I think the big problem that people fall into is it becomes such a strict program for so many people, Mm -hmm. like Monday, chest, Tuesday, back, Wednesday, legs. And it goes back to, well, if you're not trained to be a bodybuilder, we'll just get your body moving. Yeah. Get your body moving is going to expend some calories and you're going to feel good. Yeah. It's going to light up those endorphins, you know? Exactly. So like it's it's taking that practical approach and application to reach your specific goals that I think will follow in like you know twelve to fifteen weeks we'll reach those goals. So you think so? You, what so yeah? So what do you think the goals we set are like? So fifteen weeks, what weight do you think I can be at? Uh, let's see, you weigh what right now? So say two thirty eight. Two thirty eight right now. Yeah. Let's say twelve. So if we lose like two pounds a week, yeah, one to two it, pounds a week. So I put us at thirty. I put us thirty pounds. So I think we can. Our goal that we can shoot for is about two hundred ten pounds. Two ten. And I would look. I mean, and and you know. So this is the one thing. The first time I felt like you know starting to lose weight. Like I, I mean, my like I feel I'm I'm really weak for once, right? Like I'm my like my chest is like it's gotten lots a lot smaller. Like usually usually my arms and chest stay big no matter what. Right. But. Like, I can tell, man, I've lost a lot of muscle. And I think at Rabdo did a lot of it. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, like, your body wasn't able to recover. Yeah. So, like, your your body was trying to build back up during that time. And it was just breaking down muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a tough that's a tough thing to go through. Yeah. 
But like once you get over that hump, I know you're more susceptible to it once you do experience it once. Yeah. So you have to be careful with, with the type of training you're doing. But I think like if we build a, a plan nutrition wise and and like training wise that like you can follow. Yeah. I think like the best the best program is something that you can follow. Yeah. And then we track your results. So we're gonna try to get your body fat tested here. Yeah, we'll try to get that DEXA scan. Yeah. Right? Uh, I talked to my doctor, so he's gonna he's gonna call it in. So we'll be able to get the DEXA scan, and then um, and then what do you think? Weigh yourself every morning, or what do you like? What do you think? Yeah. So what I like to do is um, there's this free app called I use Weight Drop. Yes. And you just input your weight every morning. Yep. And then I input it every morning, but I don't really like. You know, even when I'm dieting, like hardcore, like I might weigh. 200 pounds on Monday and 203 pounds on Tuesday. Yeah. Your weight will fluctuate depending on like stress, water consumption, hydration, electrolyte imbalance, or uh, like the previous meal you had. Yeah. Like weights will f- uh, fluctuate. So like we'll look at like every week or every two weeks, the progress you're making. We won't look at like daily. Gotcha. So like, don't like look at the scale one day, like man, I'm up two pounds. I gotta like drastically make a change. No, we'll just like reassess what you did the day before then. And what do you think the keys, the key pieces to making this work is? Adhering to a diet. And when I say diet, I think a lot of people get confused with diet thinking calorie restriction or like salads. Diet is just like what you're consuming. Yeah. So like making sure you're eating foods that make you feel better, that like energize you, that like mm-hmm. um, obviously we have to be in a caloric deficit yeah. to lose weight, but we'll also do that with training. Yeah. So like sticking to the plan. Um, I think sticking to the plan is going to be number one important. Number two, even if you fall off the plan, like for example, we have flexibility. Yeah. If you miss one workout, well, you can throw in another workout depending on your schedule. Now you can just go to a hotel room, uh, gym, and knock out yeah, that. And just that, get it done. Yeah, just get it done. Just get some sort of movement in for that day. Um, and then just adhering to the process. Yeah. You know, being holding yourself accountable and responsible for it. Yeah. And then I think once you start seeing those results, it's like, man, this, this feels good. Thing. This tastes good. Well, let's, let's get after it more. What do you weigh? Right now I'm like 200, 195, 200 pounds. How tall are you? Six foot. Holy smoke. But I was 225 before Ironman prep started. So like I went from Ironman prep right into the marathon prep for Boston qualifier. Of course you did. So, yeah. So like, <laughs> and I got nervous for a little bit because I started experiencing some injuries, but I'm good now. But like my energy expenditure is so high right now that like the amount of food I'm intaking is high too. So like, do you feel like you have more energy now than before you started training for Ironman? Absolutely. But yeah. I've done some different things. Like I've changed my diet up yeah. where, um, like right now I'm focused more on uh, higher fat, moderate carb. It's not low carb by any means. Yeah. It's not like keto, but uh, lower carbs, like 100 to 200 grams a day, higher fat is something I feel really, really good on. Yeah. In the morning, I don't have any carbs until lunch. That feels really good. Yeah. Um, staying hydrated and supplementing with electrolytes. So maybe we'll even add like an electrolyte supplement to your regimen. Because what I found is a lot of people are deficient in electrolytes. Yeah. Um, and when you add that back in your diet, man, you just feel like so much better. You feel like, good. What's an example of that? Um, so like Scratch has Scratch, an electrolyte supplement. Yeah. Um, just like a lot of people think that you know something's high in sodium. Yeah. That like. They shouldn't still uh, supplement with electrolytes, but you still should. For a lot of people that are sweating a lot or just on a, on a daily, it's just good. Like the gels and stuff? Um, well, the gels have, like, carbs in them. Mm-hmm. I would just do, like, and I can recommend some to you, but, like, uh, just some stick pack electrolytes or some tabs. Like, oh, like tabs, uh, yeah, yeah. Science and sport. Yep. Or maybe it's sport and science. They're in, like, like those little circle things. Like, the tabs. Yeah, you just yep. drop it. Uh, none. Nuns, yeah. Nuns. You yep. just drop those into your water bottle once a day. Uh, and just or once or twice a day and get some electrolytes in you. Yeah. Especially in like a Texas hot summer, those are like crucial. Yeah. Uh, staying hydrated is gonna be another one. Um, we'll get you some strong greens before you leave, just like yeah. strong greens and maybe some strong reds. Strong reds, yeah. Um, and just like adhering to that mm-hmm. and finding foods that like make you feel good. Yeah. That's what I've been trying to do lately is like find foods that make me feel good. Yeah. So like if I'm out like, um, and there's like a, a juice bar, I'll get like a freshly squeezed juice or like a smoothie that has like fruits and vegetables in it. Yeah. Like carrots, ginger, turmeric, kale, um, celery. I'll tell you, it sounds like this like awesome hippie shit, man, but <laughs> they can make it taste good. And like afterwards, I just like, you can feel the really? nutrients cr- like 
moving through your body. I'm gonna try it. Try it, man. I'm gonna try don't it. Don't knock it till you try I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna go. I, so I don't eat. I mean, I'll, I'll straight up tell you, I don't eat any vegetables. Zero. But I think here's the problem. Everyone, when you think vegetables, I hate eating vegetables too. Like I hate like having to prep like broccoli and green beans mm-hmm. and peppers and stuff like that. Um, I, I just don't prefer it. But if I can get it in a smoothie or a juice, which is like what I like to do, that's how I get it. I might so, try. I'll go to Whole Foods. If you if you're by Whole Foods, I'm, next, I'm right by Whole Foods. All right, get it. They have like the juices that have like celery, beets, turmeric, ginger, mm-hmm. cayenne. Yeah, it's gonna be a little spicy. Yeah, but man, like after you drink that, you're gonna feel like you're gonna take over the world. Uh, you know what? I'm I, I will try it. Give it a try. I want to give it a try. Do they throw peanut butter in there too? <laughs> you you can get some with peanut butter in it. Yeah. Get one. Get the one with cayenne, ginger, and turmeric. Okay. And it will feel like you're expelling all the demons <laughs> out of your shit. Okay. Feels good though afterwards. But I'm in. I'm yeah. gonna try it. All right, you text me that whenever I leave. I'll text I'm, you. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get it. But I think I think we have a pretty solid plan established, man. Yeah, man. I think it's gonna be badass. I'm, I look forward to. I look forward to doing it. I look yeah. forward to doing it and seeing, yeah. seeing where seeing where we go. I mean, it's gonna. I mean, you obviously you have the discipline. Yeah. You have the mindset. Um, coming you know coming from the military, being an entrepreneur, you, you know what it takes. Yeah. It's just like establishing a plan, especially for someone like you that has such a busy, crazy life. Yeah. It's just like having a plan, sticking to that plan. And sticking to it, right? Yep. And I think like the next 15 weeks, like, you know, what I've done is, so, you know, just like getting my helicopter license, I made that like my job. Like this is my priority at this time, right? Like, like obviously, you know, obviously my work and stuff, my work's always there. But like this is my focus at this time. And, you know, now I got through that. And then, you know, now I want to get, I want to do this next 15 weeks, right? And it's kind of like, that's the next goal, right? What's next? What's next? What's next? I think a good way to look at it too, like we talk about responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like think of the people that are following you through this process. Yes. And like, I mean, you have massive influence where people are going to see you, like your mindset and your body and like your your health changing. And they're going to say, well, I want to do that now. Yeah. And that that's it, right? Like I would like to get through this, like the first 15 weeks. And then show the results, and then we turn around and lead them to the same thing. Yep, that'd be really cool. Yeah, it's just results. like because people need it. Yeah, and having someone to look up to and watch them, because they want to see other people make make realistic goals as well. Well, yeah, I mean, because I mean, you see all these influencers out there pushing stuff that they're not doing. You know, and I, I like that people want to be around authentic. Like I think that's why so many people follow you is because. You know, you're real. Like you, you just tell them straight up. Like there's no holding back. You know, they get to see the journey that you go through to get where you're at, and they know for, for a guarantee that when you set a goal and you you tell them you're gonna take them on that journey, that they know damn well that the only reason they wouldn't go through that journey is if they don't show up. Right. Because you're going through it. I think uh, that's what gets me so excited for this marathon because I announced that I was running the marathon to qualify for Boston. Yeah. About 80% of the comments said, this dude will never do this. Uh-huh. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Right? And when I cross that finish line, I'm going to say, this one's for you boys. <laughs> yep. That's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you doing all this. I do. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a fun journey. And uh, Break the Switch, episode one is in the books and getting started. That's right. That's right. For many more to go. Yep. All, all right, right, man. Thanks.